The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out here. I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, today, Amidst training camp beginning, in the wake of all of the media days, we talk about four teams in various stages of chaos, beginning with Phoenix, who has some serious issues to deal with, uh, with in the wake of owner Robert Sarver being forced to sell the team. It wasn't really forced, but it kind of was forced. You know, it was his own decision, but it wasn't. Uh, we then move on to Boston where the fallout from Ime Udoka getting suspended continues. We move on to the Nets, who are in the midst of probably one of the most dysfunctional family reunions in NBA history. And then my favorite, Los Angeles Lakers, as per usual, continue to be an absolute dumpster fire, despite them telling us that everything is fine, we are all best friends, when we know that shit is not true at all. Plus... We also do a little around-the-league stuff, including the beginning of Gaslight season, which is uh, training camp. The uh, NBA is officially back, and so is the Heat Check. So do me a favor and drop that beat. A girl can't go on a vacation, can she? Like, <laughs> I've been... I've been trying to get away for months. I was like, can't get away post-Summer League because Kevin Durant still hasn't been traded. Then Kevin Durant decides he's staying in Brooklyn. And it's like, all right, well, everything's done. The season has come. The offseason, really, all the news has come to a conclusion, right? No. I go on one little trippy trip. I leave my phone in my drawer. I turn all, I delete Twitter. I delete Instagram. Yeah, little me time, little tree tree time. And maybe the biggest scandal upon scandal, I had to come back and figure out what was going on with Adam Levine. I had to come back and figure out what was going on with Harry Styles and why he spit on Chris Pine. Ime Udoka suspended for the year? Hold up, what? I had to read TMZ and figure out what Neil Long is saying. I'm deep into Reddit. Not exactly the vacation that I was hoping for. I was hoping for the most dead time on earth two weeks before training camp to just get away. But we are here, and we are now processing And, oh, yeah, by the way, Robert Sarver decides to sell the team. That happened while I was on vacation as well. And now we have training camp, which you know what that means. I've been thinking about training camp a lot, which is where every bit of the future is ahead of us. 
So what does that mean? That means gaslight season. That means the teams will lie to us about their goals. It means teams will lie to us about their relationships with one another. It means teams will lie to us about what happened in the offseason and what that means going forward. It is now fully the machine, the propaganda machine is now fully on hum mode. It is fully humming alone, generating all sorts of nonsense designed to hype up the fan base, to sell tickets, to get excitement for the upcoming season. I am wise to it, and I am here to peel back the onion on what is true and what is not true. Except for, which I actually fucking respect, people who are not immersed in the propaganda machine, Phoenix, Boston, to some degree, Brooklyn, and let me be honest, L.A., they're trying real hard, but they know. It's a thinly veiled propaganda machine for them. We'll get into all that in due time, but let's look at some news that's popping from around the league. So we begin with a really sad day in Chicago. And by sad, I mean just, like, legit, really awful. I, I loved watching Lonzo Ball at UCLA. He's one of the most unique playmakers I think Magic Johnson drafted him for a reason because he had some of those characteristics that Magic saw in himself and he now undergoes another knee surgery and let's be honest like if he sees the court at all this year it will be a celebration because there were troubling reports that the dude may never recover and may never play another game of basketball in his life this is what he told Clutch Sports Quote, I really can't run. I can't run or jump. There's like a range from like 30 degrees to like 60 degrees. Trying to do the angles with my hands right now. I don't know what 30. 30 degrees is pretty small. 30 degrees to 60 degrees when my knee is bent. I have no force and I can't catch myself. Wait, wobble, wobble? He's wobbling when he's standing up and his knees are bent. Fortunately, though, Shams reported today that the second knee surgery has repaired the things that they missed or fucked up on. I believe it was a botched surgery where things were still floating inside the kneecap. And there is a chance that he can come back this year. Really good news. Lonzo, not just a good guy, but I think he was a major piece of what the Bulls decided to do last offseason. And they were not the same after he came back uh, and when he got injured last year, right? Their, their whole identity spiraled into an abyss. It was him, and then it was Caruso, and then it was Levine, just like I predicted. I mean, I don't want to take a victory lap on someone's grave, but it was a proper and correct prediction. Uh, lots of speculation online about whether he was misdiagnosed whether the surgery didn't go as planned or they messed up the surgery. He went to rehab. The rehab did not work. The bottom line is that he's finally back on track, hopefully getting me on court in the future. He's young, too. If he was to cut his career short based on a botched surgery, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's good news, though. Bulls need him. Need him, need him, need him. Down in Miami, there is lots of news popping on as well not just subtle jabs about jimmy butler's non-extension extensions i mean i don't know what he was thinking to try to pedal again gaslight season is fully here when jimmy butler tells you that his hair grew faster than like like a like faster than i don't even know what faster than a 13 year old in a growth spurt on a summer, he said those were not extensions. If you have not seen Jimmy Butler's haircut right now, I don't. it's not even a haircut. It's more of a hairstyle. The man has extensions. He shaved his face. I don't even want to say the things that go through my head. All the, like, the worst parts of me that come out when you're workshopping jokes. Like, I don't need to workshop jokes on this because I just might get canceled. But listen... We don't judge Jimmy for whatever he's going through right now. We don't judge Jimmy for whatever experimentation he's up to in the midst of this career. That, that jump shot, that missed jump shot, must have really started to make him start to think about some new alternative decisions. Kyle Lowry's apparently in shape. I doubt it. 
Like, I've seen him from the clavicle up. I don't know what he looks like, really. We'll see when he gets on the court. I don't mean to be mean. I got back from a monastery. I'm trying to be nice. I really am. I'm trying to not. They told me. I asked them. I said, hey, do you think I'll lose my light if I, if I get more enlightened? And they said, well, I said, you know, I don't want to lose my sense of humor. And they said, well, do you make fun of a lot of people? And I said, I declined a comment. <laughs> I declined a comment. Anyway, Tyler Hero. Uh, here comes Tyler Hero. Wants his extension. After not getting traded in this very weird offseason where they thought Donovan Mitchell might go to Miami, whether you think he deserves the extension or not, that's a different question. Uh, what isn't is that he is an all-star and the reigning sixth man of the year whose absence due to injury in the Eastern Conference Finals hurt the Heat in a big way. I think without him, they were barbecued chicken. If he's healthy, maybe they go to the finals. This is what he said on Media Day. Very interesting. There are players across the league that have gotten paid this offseason who I know I'm better than. So it's got to be the right number for me to sign it. Who is he talking about, you might wonder? I did a little digging. Did a little go to a spoke track, see some of these extensions, some of these new deals. Jalen Brunson, almost certainly who he's talking about, getting paid over $100 million for four years. Zach Levine getting paid 40-something and change. Man's got one knee, one usable knee. Anthony Simons, he's had a moment. Like, he's had one moment. Dame got shut down. He shot 50 times a game. And, of course, his stats look good. The man had the usage rate of a professional in Las Vegas. You know what I'm saying? High usage guard. If you're Tyler Hero, you're wondering when that payday and what that payday looks like. When it is coming. Doesn't seem any reason to trade him now that Kevin Durant is staying there. Donovan Mitchell is now in Cleveland, which still is baffling to the mind. So we will see. We will see if we will call him historically frugal Pat Riley. Very quick to cut ties with players who are either not worth the value that they think they are or their body starts to break down, except for Udonis Haslam. So who knows? He's max eligible for five years, $188 million. Little quick tidbit, Pat Riley sees himself in Tyler Hero. Both went to Kentucky. Both sort of skinny. How would I put it? Sharp jaw lines, slick back, pretty boys. Moving on, though. Moving on. News from the Pelicans camp. Probably the complete opposite of what it was this time last year. Remember when we came to Media Day? Well, I didn't actually go, but we someone went to Media Day, and David Griffin got to the podium. He's like, hey, we're so excited about this season. Also, just want to quickly – I don't even think he – really put a stamp on it like that. He was just like, yeah, we're looking forward to the season. Everything's good. Excited to have Willie Green here. Zion Williamson had a foot surgery in the middle of the offseason, so we'll, we're not sure when he's going to be back. Um, also really looking forward to Herb Jones. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Zion had foot surgery? You're just going to, like, sort of, like, squeeze that in there between Willie Green's announcement and the excitement of Herb Jones? Yes, he did. He tried to... He tried to fool us. This year, none of that. Zion looks great. After one of the great Houdini acts of all time last year, because they were dead, let's be honest. The Pelicans look like they could be the worst team in all of the NBA. They were, what, 3-18? and 18? Something crazy. Ended with a Pels team that actually took Phoenix to the brink in the first round. Started incredibly bad, riding the ship, putting a scare in the number one seed, Suns. If you're Willie Green, you got to be feeling like patting yourself on the back a little bit there. Early reports on Zion. One, healthy. Two, thin as Zion can be. Back. Like how back? Very back. Here are the words from various sources, and we'll call them unbiased sources, not people inside the team to describe Zion's first practice. Lean. I like that that was the first word. 
lean, fast, in shape, dominating, an all-star, a bully, a wrecking ball. This was one scrimmage. I, I have to remind you, very skeptical media jumping on the Zion bandwagon, kind of rare. A scrimmage where Zion apparently did not miss one shot. Not one. Larry Nant said this about Zion. I got to be honest with you. I, I didn't know how much we were letting go. But, yeah, dude, look, I mean, he, again, yeah. I, I would say dominate is a good word. Um, dominate is a good word. I, you know, he didn't even realize it. But in the locker room, you know, talking about it afterwards, I was like, did you know, like, you didn't miss a shot? And, you know, it was the first time. He didn't even realize it until I pointed out. But, no, nah, he, uh, he didn't miss a shot. He looks like the same wrecking ball we all know and love. So, um, very pleased to say the least. By the way, Larry Nance, you don't know Zion like that. Zion wasn't playing basketball when we, Portland Trailblazers, traded your ass with C.J. McCollum. So he's not the same Zion that we know and love. Like this version of Zion, I don't even think we collectively have seen yet. Coach Willie Green said, Z looked amazing. His strength, his speed, he dominated the scrimmage pretty much, and then he did a good job looking for his teammates. What stood out the most was his force more than anything. Force on hardwood. Just want to say, makes me a tiny bit worried. Listen, there's, I don't think that there's any team I'm more excited to see than the New Orleans Pelicans. I think that they are quite easily the most intriguing team in the NBA. Yes, we're excited to see all of the depth and versatility and health of Kawhi Leonard and the LA Clippers, for sure. We want to see that. Of course, we want to be the rubbernecker people watching the train wrecks that are the Boston Celtics, the LA uh, Lakers, the Phoenix Suns, of course. But in terms of, wow, this team could be really good, they could make a jump, I think it's between them and the Minnesota Timberwolves in terms of what this team can be if they're fully gelled. If Zion is healthy and in shape and committed to playing defense, oh my goodness, they could be the Memphis Grizzlies this year. They could be a legit two-seed in the West. That is no joke. That is absolutely no joke. Like this could this team could come out of nowhere. They are 20 to 1 to come out of the West right now. Might sprinkle a little pepperoni money on it. No, I'm just saying. Finally, also moving forward, down to OKC. The rookie that everyone wanted to see, Chet Holmgren, like I said before, hurt himself in the Pro-Am, will miss his entire rookie year. Liz Frank surgery, very tragic stuff. He was amazing in Summer League and would have been must-see TV for OKC. I think they would have become a league pass, must-see team of the year. Obviously, career not it's not a career-ending injury. Players like Joel Embiid have missed their rookie year. Ben Simmons has missed his rookie year. A lot of Philadelphia Sixers missing their rookie year. I'm not just saying. Uh, and they come back without missing a step. I expect the same for Chet as well. However, a lot of people wanted to know, what about these pro-ams? Should they be doing this? Should they not? People are pointing fingers at the Drew League, pointing fingers at the Seattle pro-am. They have exploded on the scene. This is what Chet had to say and weighed in on the situation. There's freedom of speech. Pause. He just goes right there for freedom of speech. There's freedom of speech and criticism that comes along with anything. Basketball players are going to play basketball. You have to feed the love of the game. I don't want an injury like this to take away from that. Yes, too many of these players are playing basketball, and the love and the joy get sucked out of their soul because it's a business. So when you go play in these programs and you play in front of people who have never seen maybe an NBA game up close in their life, psh, that just maybe injects a little life back into you. Could not love this more from Chet. The truth of the matter is these NBA players are playing regardless. They're going to play in the offseason at Lifetime Fitness and whatever little like open runs at UCLA that they play without cameras. So the fact that they're playing in front of people means nothing. Pro-ams, like I've said a million times, I'll say it again, they serve a very important role in growing the game and providing a product to underserved communities who cannot afford tickets to the game. Could you imagine being an eight-year-old boy and seeing Paolo Bancaro up close? 
an eight-year-old boy in some outskirt of Seattle. They have no NBA team. You've got no prospects. You got to go and see dog shit Portland if you want to see a game. I'm not going to call them dog shit. We'll move forward. Last year they were bad. That's what they would have to do. So for him to say he doesn't want his injury to impact the pro-am circuit, huge move. I think that could have swayed how we felt about it if he said, yeah, I kind of regret playing in it. Chet, another check mark that he's for the culture. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bigger news in an offseason that saw Kevin Durant with four years left on his entire contract tell the entire front office for the Nets to fuck right off and to provide an ultimatum to Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, to say it's either me or pretty much everybody below you. And then that standoff and that standoff not be the biggest thing. The biggest news by far, was not Kevin Durant, was not Kyrie, was not the Lakers, Boston Celtics suspending head coach Ime Udoka for the entire season for things we are not really clear about yet. To say that this news came out of nowhere would be an understatement. I saw Ime Udoka at Summer League, asked him to come on the pod. He agreed to come on the pod in July, mid-July, midway through this investigation. And no one knew. He was walking around there, free man. No one knew what was going on. I saw Damon Stoudemire, no hint anything was going on. I saw his assistant, Aaron Miles, no hint anything was going on. I met with multiple people from the Boston TV cast. Nothing. That was two months ago. It was a beautiful September full of tranquility. Boston looked great. They had added pieces. Danilo Gallinari, Malcolm Brogdon. They've got their entire rest of their team that they love coming back. Ime Udoka reinvigorated. And then this is the bomb. This is the sound of the Woj bomb. And it was just like that. He was gone. Just like that, it's over. You saw the report. You saw the Boston Celtics come out with some random news conferences about how mad they were that random women were being accused of being a part of this salacious scandal. And there are many details that have come out and rumors that I will not get into because I have no clue. I have done a little digging, but I don't know. I have no idea. I have like three people who have kind of clued me in on the general sort of scope and framework of how this went down, why it went down, why now. But I don't care to comment on that because it's a sad situation. And truthfully, I ride for my people from Portland, and I am not here to spread any dirty rumors about Ime Udoka because truthfully... They're second, third hand, and I don't know what is true. All I know is that Nia Long is very messy, going on TMZ, saying that she was absolutely shocked and stunned and whatever other adjectives, going on and doing full-on one-on-one interviews with TMZ in the middle of your husband, or no, your fiancé of seven years, getting suspended for the year, probably his career getting just absolutely obliterated. So the whole situation is messy particularly Nia Long getting involved, very messy as well. What we do know, though, is this. Boston Celtics, I don't know that that many people are framing it like this, but they are on their third coach in three years. 
They become the first coach, the first team since the Showtime Lakers who fired Jack McKinney after going to the finals when he had his bike accident. And then Paul Westhead. God, it was bad back then. To not have the head coach that took them to the finals there to start the next season. Add that, and you add that to the fact Rob Williams, who probably would have won Defensive Player of the Year last year if he was completely healthy. He's now out three months, at the very least, uh, before he can return to basketball activities. Uh, Rob had another knee surgery on the same knee that kept him out of some of the playoffs. He didn't like the way that his knee felt. Had to get another knee surgery just like a couple of weeks ago. I think maybe last week. Add that to Danilo Gallinari, one of their pickups, who they were very excited about. Uh, He's out for the entire season. ACL tear, just like that. Add insult to injury. So Brad Stevens, he gets asked to come back and coach, which would have been an absolute disaster, by the way. Unmitigated disaster. I hear Jason Tatum asked him to come back, and he was like, "Mm, no. Tries to get... Larinaga, Jay Larinaga to come back. This is how toxic things are being perceived. Brad Stevens personally reaches out to Jay Larinaga, the former assistant who was the runner-up to get Udoka's job, to come in, be the interim head coach, I would imagine. Asked him, hey, would you leave the, the Clippers to be the interim head coach and return back to Boston to settle some of this shit down? And his answer... I quote, I prefer to stay in L.A. (laughs) Nah, I'm good. That's like when it really reminds me, because I would prefer to stay in L.A. is about as classy of an answer as you're going to get, as gentle and like, you know, I, I would prefer means that there's some sort of ambiguity about whether you have control of your decision, right? It's like when the TSA agent, I've got my little dog in her carrier, and they want to see whether there's enough space inside the carrier for her, and they see her, and they're like, she's growling at the TSA agent. She's snapping at the actual, at her, through the material. And she's like, hey, could you open up the zipper and let her out so I can see her? I'm like, bitch, she will bite your face off. And I'm like, you know, I really prefer not to. (laughs) I'd rather not. I'd honestly rather not. And for you, I think you should rather not, too. Like, that's the kind of I'd rather not that was. Add another telling detail. Interim head coach to take Ime's spot, Joe Mazzula, a Brad Stevens holdover. One of the only ones left from his regime. Not Damon Stoudemire, not Aaron Miles, not any of Yudoka's assistants that he's known his entire life who has come over to help him build a championship-caliber team in two seconds flat. No, no. Both were passed up in favor of a Brad Stevens holdover. That about tells you everything, folks, that you need to know about what's about to happen to Ime Udoka and the rest of his fucking crew. And I hate to say that. I don't want to make light of it. I mean, these are my guys. I am fucking heartsick over it. Just when we get some good things in Portland. Just like 12 months. I could only get one season of Portland Pride. I was going to get some Boston Celtics gear. Good thing I didn't. Good thing I didn't. Rumors are that obviously Ime Udoka's done. Done coaching probably for a long time. Missoula has promised to keep the schematic stuff the same, to try to instill some level of consistency for a team that was one of the best defensive groups in the league. Jalen Brown said this after his first practice with Missoula. I think from day one, Joe has set a standard. All of our guys are setting the standard, taking care of the ball, getting to our spots, playing the right way. Just setting an expectation level that we've got to be accountable every single day. Truth is, the Celtics still need to add a coach and are scouring the woods for an experienced assistant to help take the burden off this brand new, I don't know, 34-year-old head coach. I mean, he's, he's literally younger than Al Horford, this guy. I mean, Al Horford's fucking old, but he's very young, too. All a work in progress. And still, with all of this drama, the Celtics are the odds-on favorite to win the title. Can you believe that? Plus 500. Do they not know all this stuff? 
All of the players were shocked. They heard the news when we did on social media. So to recap, top center out for the se- out for half the season, a guy who is critical for the defensive identity of this team, another key rotation player out for the year, a new point guard who has a history of always being injured and kind of feeling like if he hurts a toenail, he's going to sit out a few games, a starting power forward who's just shy of 40, so a lack of depth hurts him quite a bit. A scandal and controversy looming over a franchise, over a head coach having a sexual relationship with a member of the team who has gone for at least the entire year, but probably more, and a new head coach interim who has his own little stuff that isn't great. Sounds right to me. Plus 500. Yeah. Willing to put my money on this team to win it all, folks. I would totally do that. That makes all the sense in the world, does it not? Start getting ring sizes for Rob Williams. Like, figure it out. Malcolm Brogdon, get your banner. Get your championship party entourage ready. In all seriousness, I think it's going to take a while for this team to get things together. I think that's saying a lot that they will get things together. Things couldn't have gone much worse than last year towards the, until the All-Star break when they were one game shy of, of 500 in January. But boy, is there going to be tumult and a lot of questions. And as more news reports come out, who knows what kind of shit continues to brew. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If anyone rivals the Celtics for off-season drama and organizational dysfunction, probably the Phoenix Suns, right? They set a record in the off-season for a most amount of tweets by their fan base that just sent gifts of flaming dumpster fire at them. Let's face it, like, you look up dumpster fire in the dictionary and Robert Sarver's photo will be staring right at you. The NBA suspends Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver one year after he gets accused by dozens of employees and former employees for every ism under the sun, every racial slur, every bit of sexual misconduct, every bit about, hey, how about you see my Michael Penix Jr.? (laughs) And he gets the same level of suspension as Ime Udoka. Is that, does that feel weird to anyone? Because it does. Every ism under the sun. Under the suns. Get it? And I don't know. My first thought is, Shit, that's, that's wild. That is not going to fly, though, folks, in today's day and age. Adam Silver, what you doing, baby? What you doing? I reached out to some friends like, hey, uh, what's going on in Phoenix? You hearing anything about this Sarver suspension? How are people taking it? Had some very trusted media members, and they said, oh, and they live in Phoenix. Oh, no, this is not the end. There's not even close to the end. And and yet, they said, oh, yeah, Sarver's not going to survive this. And I'm like, really? It feels like he's got this audacity to stay put. Even after Braun came out against him, even after Chris Paul came after again, out against him, even Draymond Green, who had an amazing soliloquy about forcing the owners to take a vote. Hey, y'all, let's see where you guys are at on it. Let's take a vote. See how you guys feel about Robert Sarver continuing to be an owner of this league. But then sponsors start pulling their dollars. Then other owners of the Suns start coming forward. 
Then you've got the head, the new head of the NBPA, the union, saying, I speak for all players. This man cannot stay around this league. And in a few short days, kaput. Robert Sarver capitulates, and he announces he's selling the team. Since it's PR season, here is Robert Sarver's statement, and we'll decide whether it gets any comment. As a man of faith, oh God, let me just, let's start again. As a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. Really? But in our current unforgiving climate, oh, it's cancel culture. It has become painfully clear that that is no longer possible. That for whatever good I have done, oh, baby. Oh, you think this is like a, like a balance sheet. Like, oh, I've done so. We'll continue. Whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by the things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the sun, suns and mercury. This is a man who seems riddled with contrition, doesn't he? He seems broken up about the whole thing. He seems ready to do the work, doesn't he? He seemed like he was ready to take the next year to really peel back the layers of why he's so racist. Why he feels he can speak to women however he wants. But he's not going to do that now. He's just going to sell the team. (laughs) So it's us that lose. It's us that lose because we tried to cancel Robert Sarver. And instead, he will not be canceled. He's not going to do the work. He's just going to sell the team. By the way, he's going to sell the team for like $3 billion. So he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll put all those dollars to work on himself and bettering the communities that he has harmed. This is the third team in the last eight years, by the way, due to some sort of racial issues have had to be sold. It's almost like there's a... It's like a a problem. Like there's a systemic thing. It feels like maybe we should start peeling back the onion, start lifting up the hood on the rest of these guys. See if anything else shakes out. See if any rats come open. If you pick up those two-by-fours and see what starts scurrying out. I think it's the best thing for everyone, honestly. You cannot tell me that this investigation didn't have a cloud over the suns. I don't care that they were the number one seed. They started out slow. They went out with a bang to this Dallas Mavericks. The beginning of their season had that cloud of Baxter Holmes' article looming over them and his problematic behavior of Robert Sarver. So turns out Sarver also still reaping the benefits, or we are still reaping the benefits of him and DeAndre Ayton. Apparently Robert Sarver is the reason that DeAndre Ayton didn't get his max deal. Remember, the Suns did everything but kick Ayton out, out the door, until just snatching him back by matching the extension sheet by the NBA and Pacers. Ayton, of course was outraged, as you might imagine. A report dropped, though, today from Mark Spears and Ramona Shelburne that said the following. I was told that it was Robert Sarver who didn't want to give him that fifth year. He wanted to save money. Oh, baby. My understanding from talking to people close to DeAndre is he thinks that this was Robert Sarver's decision as well. The whole bizarre situation surrounding the team's treatment of Aiton Kind of feels like it's starting to make a little more sense now. Cheap owner, who's probably going to be forced to sell the team, doesn't want to make any big moves. So they decide, "Hmm, we'll just see what everybody else wants to pay him. Add this to the fact that Aiton has not, according to him, spoken 
to Monty Williams, the head coach, since Game 7. If you don't think that's weird, and I know people are trying to tell us this is the part of the gaslighting that exists. Like, people are trying to tell us that's not weird. Oh, yeah, it's, like, totally normal. As soon as you end the season, we just never speak again. Not, not like, hey, buddy, how you holding up? How is your summer going? I don't know. Like, when summer league is happening, hey, you want to grab dinner? None of that. They're trying to tell us that's not weird. That, I have to tell you, if that's normal, then the entire league is a little weird. Here's what Aiton said. You can just hear it for yourself. Have you and Monty kind of been able to move? I haven't spoken on. Oh, pause. Have you and Monty been able to move? Cuts him off. I haven't spoke to Monty. Looks at him dead in his face. Nope. Continue. No, I haven't spoken to him at all. Ever since the game. Nope. Haven't spoke to him at all ever since that game. So not, not even, not even no. no. Are you hoping that that changes? I'm here. Are you happy to be here today? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, I'm in between those lines now. I just work. You know, I'm not playing for myself. You know, I have an organization across my chest. And even from my back, I have to represent. I'm just here to work. I'm just here to work, man. This sounds like a guy who's like, listen, I've got generational wealth coming my way. Life's not that bad. I grew up in Phoenix, but I can't stand these motherfuckers, truthfully. And I know in January, when I get to choose whether I want to be traded or not, I can ask them to get me the fuck out of here if I want to. We'll see. If Chris Paul wants to grind me down to dust between now and January, maybe I get my dipset ass out of here. You know what? I get that. Sometimes you work for some place, and you get paid well, and you're like, it's so They're so lucky I get paid well because I can't stand it here. I can't stand my teammates. I can't stand my bosses. I can't stand being having them on top of me all day long. Yeah, I mean, run down the full video. Look on Aiton's face. It just comes off so much worse. His body language, his facial expressions, his energy. In other words, the season could not have started worse for the Phoenix Suns. Lots of teams with, with talent have had their seasons go down like the Titanic due to chemistry issues and with the locker room overflowing with frustration about the Sarver situation, an unhappy big man. And now you've got Jay Crowder, the glue of this team, sitting out of training camp until he is traded because his starting role was in jeopardy. Safe to say there is a ton of of murkiness about how good this Phoenix team can actually be this season, especially early on in said season. So now we have two playoff teams with serious dysfunction and serious ambiguity about what happens next. Have you ever, uh, known a couple maybe they got married a little too early you know right out of college and you kind of knew when they were together like mm, I'm not sure how long this is gonna last and you start finding out hearing whispers right that they're on the verge of divorce and maybe even one of them moved out you're like oh yeah uh, Cheryl's living with her sister right now Oh, yeah? Uh, what's John doing? I think eating a lot of potato chips. Just kind of just kind of hanging out. Building this fantasy team. Just on the waiver wire. He seems okay, but he doesn't look okay. And then, so it's like done, right? You're just like done. And then for some reason, some unforeseen circumstance, they get back together. And they declare on social media, Everything's fine. They've got, they're holding hands, they're making posts, they're kissy-kissy. But when you look and you zoom in, because I'm a, I'm a zoom-in girl, like you take the photo, you screen cap it, this is what you do, screen cap it, and then you zoom right in. 
Zoom into their eyes. See what's going on back there. The eyes are the the windows to the soul. And you look and you're like, "Mm, Cheryl's still hurting. She's not happy. John looks like he's ready to cry. This is bad. He's gray. He's gained 10 pounds. This is not going to work out. That's KD and Nash right now. That's who that is. Here's what Nash said when literally everyone was like, hey, uh, how are you dealing with the aftermath of uh, a star player, the one that considered you his Yoda? Not only asking out to not be with you anymore, but the only way that he would stay is if you were fired. Like actually fired. You had to go in order for him to be happy. He said, we're good. Yeah. There's nothing's changed. Yeah. I have a long history with Kevin. I love the guy. Families have issues. We had a moment, and it's behind us. That's what happens. It's a common situation in the league. Pause. Is it? Is that a common situation in the league? Is, I don't recall many instances of this occurring in this manner. I can't remember another player saying he would only stay the duration of his brand new contract if his head coach was fired. Not only his head coach was fired, but his GM was fired. Which, do not make any mistake about it, is what Kevin Durant said to Josai when they had a meeting in Paris or London or wherever that meeting occurred. Nash must go. Sean Marks must go. These dudes are chaos, and I'm not trying to have all that. Of course, though, the unforeseen circumstances take place. Trader Danny does Trader Danny things. He quote-unquote fleeces the Minnesota Timberwolves in the deal for Rudy Gobert, making it impossible to get back anything reasonable because no team is going to give you what Rudy Gobert commanded, and that's for Kevin Durant. These are crazy prices. So if Rudy Gobert gets five first-round picks, what's Kevin get? Ten? We're not giving you – we don't even think the CBA allows ten first-round picks. So it blew up the trade market, and then it made KD impossible to trade. So they had to make the best things. So, like, these divorces, it's always money. It's always money. So Cheryl and John, they reunite. Now we get to see their asses on Twitter and social media – trying to tell us and convince us that everything is fine. Durant said he wanted out because of, quote, uncertainty around last year's team and all the drama surrounding Kyrie Irving and James Harden caused the situation where we were, quote, all hurt. What he didn't point out, though, much more important to me, is that the fact that Steve Nash played him, I don't know, 45 to 48 minutes per game just draining his batteries to the brink, to the point where in Game 7 of the Milwaukee Bucks series, he chucked up an air ball in overtime. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a wide-open three air ball by Kevin Durant in a clutch moment? Not me. He was absolutely gassed. Or the fact that Steve Nash had trouble figuring out what his lineups really were, who was on this roster, basically getting outcoached multiple times in his very short career. He's basically, let's be honest, he's a Stepford coach. He says, all oh, a little Teddy Ruxpin doll. You just pull the string and all the right little things come out of I'm okay. I love Kevin. The kid's like, no. You, are you a human being? Because there's no chance that a real human being would feel like everything's fine. He's just programmed. He's just programmed with like little sound bites. We're not trading James Harden. We're committed to James. It's like, dude, you're a liar. You're lying to everyone. You're really good at it. Of course he's going to say everything's all right. Moving forward, Ben Simmons. Steve Nash, very high on him as well. He's coming into the camp in the best shape of his career, proclaiming he is happy to play the what? The center position. Yeah, Ben Simmons is going to play center for the Brooklyn Nets. One. I told the world he wasn't a point guard. He's so far from a point guard, he's actually a center, folks. Like, that's how much of a point guard he's not. Like, you don't just go ahead and play center or point guard. That's not 
where we're at, and even in positionless basketball, that's not where we're at right now. And, of course, right now Ben Simmons is being told by Teddy Ruxpin, a.k.a. Steve Nash, hey, you don't have to shoot at all. You don't have to shoot. Not only do you not have to shoot any threes, you don't have to shoot any jump shots at all. Not one. Just be you. Just lean in to the things you do well. We're fine. And you know who else said that? Brett Brown said that right before he was fired. Brett Brown said that to the Philadelphia 76ers, and those chickens came home to roost. Nash said on media, he does not, media day, he does not give a flying fuck if Ben Simmons ever shoots a jumper. Because why? Ben Simmons' versatility is so unique. That's what makes Ben great. I don't care if he ever shoots a jump shot. He's welcome to, but that's not what makes him special. And that's not what we need. He's a great compliment to our team. Are you serious, Steve Nash? He's got to shoot jump shots. We've got fives like Brooke Lopez out here shooting threes. Giannis shoots threes. You're telling me he's not going to shoot one jump shot? If he's playing the four or the five, okay, you can get away with not shooting many jumpers, I guess. But Nash says he could still also play the point guard position. Also, Kyrie quickly said he willingly gave up over $100 million to not be vaccinated. So congratulations to him for whatever that means in terms of whatever uh, ethos that he's living by. I'm happy for Kyrie that he stood by his guns. Also, TJ Warren will not be out, will not be back until at least November. I don't know which franchise is the most dysfunctional. I can't tell it. Is it Phoenix? Is it Boston? If you want to say Brooklyn's number one, wouldn't blame you. I mean, their former owner was a part of the fucking Kremlin. I don't know. I won't argue with anyone. Dealer's choice. Choose whoever you want. They all have their own little unique special wrinkles that make them some variation of completely dysfunctional. Lots of shit popping out in Lakerland. Number one, well, not really number one, just the first one on the list. LeBron James is investing in professional pickleball leagues. Cool. If I have to, if I have to start betting on pickleball or thinking about a new sport because it comes to this, like, boiling point where the world somehow gives a shit about something we didn't care about a decade ago I I don't I think that's it for me I think I'm hanging up my shoes I think I'm hanging up my microphone I think that's it Uh, Patrick Beverly is saying that he's as good as of a three-point shooter as Steph Curry let me say that again Patrick Beverly is claiming he's as good of a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter as Steph Curry. Check the stats, he says. And Kendrick Nunn seems to become the spokesperson for the entire team. My joke I will continue to say until it becomes, until Kendrick Nunn gets healthiest, you can't really judge this Laker team until Kendrick Nunn is fully healthy. It's been 12 months. We still haven't seen it. Until he's fully integrated back in the lineup, we don't know what they could be. Who knows? Maybe they're a contender. And right now, Though there's two stories I want to highlight because the propaganda machine is fully humming in Lakerland. One, AD is trying to pitch us that he's going to play 82 games this year. They call him uh, paper skin and bones of glass. They call him A. Disney. They call him street clothes Anthony Davis. 82 games for someone who has a reputation of not playing any games is rich. Here's where I remind you that the last time Anthony Davis played anywhere close to 82 games was his last year for the New Orleans Pelicans, 2017-2018. It's been five years. That's four major, five major surgeries and injuries ago. This is what he said. I'm so excited. I've got goosebumps just thinking about this year. Me too, AD. I can't wait to watch this dumpster fire. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to a healthy year and doing what I know we can do. I went into this summer focusing on strengthening my body. Pause. Remember 
in the offseason when he hadn't touched a basketball for like three and a half months, and then he got bullied by the internet to touch a basketball. Also, every summer, when you're as injury prone as you are, should be focusing on strengthening your body. So this is a new one for him. I have to be on the court and be at my best to put us in position to be our best. I'm ready to do that. Just now, huh? Just after you miss the playoffs. He says, he says, I'm ready to do it now. I'm glad that finally, five years later, you're committed to being healthy. I want him to be healthy. I really, I really do. Because I, I want to be able to say that the Lakers aren't good, even when Anthony Davis is fully healthy. That's all I want. I want to be able to say, point blank period, I have the data. AD played 65 games. Braun played 75 games. Russ was traded for who I don't care. Buddy healed. And this team was still an eight seed. I still want to be able to do that. Because everybody's like, oh, we can't really, can't really judge him. Can't really fully know what Rob Plinka was envisioning because injuries unforeseen. They're not unforeseen. They happen every year with street clothes, Anthony Davis. Now I know why Clutch Sports hates me. I'm always saying he's hurt. It is what it is. He is. A lot of people, uh, this is what AD says. He says the reason he played so poorly, because remember he couldn't shoot last year either. When he was healthy, he was a bad jump shooter. So there's a now a new reason that he was shooting poorly. This is what he has to say. A lot of people don't know this, but since January, I was battling a wrist injury. It was tough for me to shoot how I wanted to shoot. So on top of all of the other injuries, ankles, knees, lower extremity issues. He, we now have a wrist issue to start thinking about as a possible re-injury as well. Is what, that what you're saying, AD? And that stopped you from shooting, which is probably one of the things that makes you very unique as a big man? Thanks for uh, disclosing that eight months later. Appreciate that. Of course, he says that injury is now fixed, and AD is looking forward to being the Lakers' number one option. They said this last year. I have this in my notes from last year. AD's willing to take the ball, bull by the horns. AD's ready to be the number one option. LeBron James is saying, take the reins, take the reins. Don't call me a cynic, but I'll believe it when I see it. I believe it when I see it. Second Lakers story, really quickly. Relates with Russell Westbrook. Very strange offseason with Russ. He fires uh, Thad Boucher, his agent, because Thad says, listen, you got to be able to do whatever you need to do. And Russ wants out, and he's telling him, listen, you should just stay the course. You can't be switching teams and getting buyouts and taking the minimum because at that point you're now a minimum player, right? Everyone thinks he's getting traded. We're speculating all the places that Russell Westbrook could end up. Is it Indiana to take a buyout, which would have been hilarious? Is it going to be a place like Oklahoma City where old stars come to be rejuvenated for multiple, multiple picks? But no one has had their career and their skills besmirched more in the last year than Russell Westbrook. By the way, an MVP. And you could never hold it against him if people, if he was salty when people basically said, hey, how do you feel about everyone thinking you're trash? But this is what he did. He has been doing what Robert Sarver should do, which is looking inward and fixing himself. After Russell Westbrook has been, I would say, very difficult to deal with from a media perspective, this is what he had to say when they asked him a very disrespectful but also relevant question. Yeah, Russ, you said you've bought it, you're buying into the Lakers. Do you think the Lakers are buying into you? Do you think the Lakers want you here? When you look at Russell Westbrook's eyes when he's looking at that media member, he's about to rip his head off, and then he realizes, Russ, everything you do right now is going to be evaluated and scrutinized. Chill the fuck out. Don't kill him. Go back into personal development mode. I mean, um, whether that they want me here or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, honestly, my job is to be a professional, show up to work like I've always done. Uh, Thus far, do my job the best way I know how to, and that's it. I mean, we all have jobs that sometimes people at our jobs don't like us or don't want us there, as you guys probably can attest to in any other job across the world. Um, and as a professional and as a 
uh, working uh, man, I have to do my job and do it the best way I know how. PR class? What? That I can't believe that. I saw that and I was like, that's Russell Westbrook? Classy move. He's now said he's willing to come off the bench. He's willing to do whatever Darvin Ham wants from him. He's saying, I don't care whether you want me here or not. I'm making my 40-something million dollars, and you guys will like that and take it. And considering how he's been depicted, I think, as a very salty, sort of sharp, prickly human, I think that's pretty awesome. Whether things work out with him or L- in L.A., like, it's not. They're already Rob Plink is already saying he's willing to, uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that Ro- that LeBron James basically forced the Lakers to trade those first-round picks in order to sign his extension. It was a tit-for-tat move. If you don't get rid of those two first-round picks, I'm not signing with you. And Rob Plinka came out during media day and said, listen, we're getting rid of, we're trading those picks. We're trading them. Why? Why are we trading them now? Why are we committed? Because LeBron is committed to us, and we owe that to him. So if those picks aren't getting Russell Westbrook out the door for some sort of peace, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is, but we'll have to see. If he's happy living in the end of the bench, making $40 million, and they keep those two first-round picks, and they go out and get Kyrie Irving in free agency, I tell you what, as much as I hate the Lakers, they could get good real fast. They're just not going to be good now. Somebody tried to say, oh, if the Lakers are fully healthy, are they a five-seed? No, they're not. They are a bad team, and I hope that Anthony Davis is healthy enough for us to find out. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday with a new episode. For those who have missed it, we have three interviews with Jerry West, all different, all interesting. I love the last one where he was basically Rain Man, just giving me player names, and I just give him player names, and he just gives me a a full evaluation and breakdown. We also have an interview with Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse, which was uh, very rare, very special. He doesn't do those a lot, so check that out. And if you haven't, please follow us. Please subscribe. Put us on your feed so you get notifications when new episodes come out and get you ready for this new season. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, if they like the NBA, to follow this podcast too, every single one of them. And please follow us at on social at this heat check. And at Trista Crick on TikTok. Thank you to my brand new producer, Nick Berlansky, the man with the master plan. We will see you next week, sir.